Hey, this is Darcy Rowling, and welcome to the Women 17 podcast, conversations with global women changing the world one sustainable development goal at a time. In each fortnightly interview, we'll learn about these women's journeys, challenges, successes, which SDGs their work contributes to both globally and locally, as well as hear tips on how our listeners can participate in the advancement of the sustainable development goals. Welcome, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Geeta Solanki, founder of Unipads India, an organization that sustainably manufactures and distributes reusable sanitary pads to underprivileged women in rural India. So welcome, Geeta. Thank you so much, Darcy, for having me on your wonderful initiative. Really happy to be part of uh, Women 17 podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for agreeing. I'm really happy to have you here with us today. So thank you. Um, so before we get started, uh, I'd love to share a little bit about Gita uh, with our listeners. Uh, Gita has an MBA and is from Ahimdabad, India. Um, she's worked in marketing for several years and is a professional Lamaze childbirth educator. Uh, Gita has trained and guided more than 600 women during their pregnancy by providing guidance on exercise diet and nutrition and meditation. Growing up in an agricultural community has given Gita direct insight into the issues of menstrual hygiene management amongst women at the very grassroots level. Through a series of personal events, Gita founded Unipads India Private Limited in 2017, which not only provides an environmentally friendly menstrual pads, but also creates employment opportunities for women, providing them with financial independence. So Gita, I find your work so incredibly impactful, inspirational, and certainly important. Um, but before we dive into the details of Unipads, uh, I'd love to, if you could share with our listeners how the idea of Unipads came to fruition. Uh, firstly, I would like to thank you for such kind words, uh, Darcy. Um, see, basically, uh, you know, Unipads wasn't planned. It was something that happened just naturally. Um, I remember in 2016, uh, I was diagnosed with a vaginal cyst called uh, Bartholin cyst. It was a recurrent in nature and uh, being very painful. I was bedridden. It had no medication. The only uh, you know, way out of it was a, it has to be surgically removed. It, um, you know, I got that surgery done once. It again occurred in the end of 2016. And uh, during that time, I was on my periods. Surgery wasn't possible, you know, until my period gets over. My regular disposable pads, which I used, caused a lot of friction against the cyst, which made it extremely painful. And that's when my mom suggested, why don't I use or give it a try to cloth to manage my uh, period flow? My mom has been using cloths, you know, during her periods all her life because that's what, you know, women in India or in the rural and semi-urban would be using since ages. And she's like, there's no discomfort and there's no problem in that. So, but, uh, you know, being the next generation, I don't think I was comfortable using it. Uh, the very thought of it was uh, very disturbing. But then I had to give it a try because the disposable pads was not an option for me during that, uh, you know, before the surgery. I gave it a try and to my surprise, it felt comfortable against uh, the skin and uh, minor problem of leaking and washing, but then uh, health-wise, it was more comfortable. The disposable pads on the other hand, every month I used to get rashes and skin irritation. So, uh, you know, 
that was when uh, also when i started speaking to few of my friends one of my friend from canada introduced me to reusable cloth sanitary pad which is a you know improved version of a cloth having the advantages of the disposable pad uh which is supposed to be a healthier environmental uh, you know environmental friendly option uh i got uh, you know a few ordered for myself i loved the experience after using it and wondered if a similar option is available in india as well locally you know so that's when uh, i did a little bit of extensive research on it and found out that there are few organizations in india who are making these cloth pads but the drawback is that they are very expensive and are only available online so uh, you know the fact that 70% of an indian uh, you know population stays in rural and semi urban areas uh, given my agriculture background i know a lot of people who are facing that problem as well and there is a dire need of such sustainable and affordable menstrual product among the masses so that's when it struck you know why can't i we have a uh, reusable cloth pads which are you know kind of for the masses affordable so that's when the idea of unipad struck to me hmm thank you for sharing this it's it's really amazing um to hear that you know your mom intervened and and gave you an an old school idea an old school approach yeah. to to this um and you know it, we all you know as as society we are so caught up in new technology and artificial intelligence and all these great innovations um that sometimes some solutions don't require any technology whatsoever but very simple tried and tested solutions so sure. um which is yeah which is what your mom uh, yeah what your mom was doing so um so maybe um i i know you just alluded to the fact that it um it's expensive they were expensive to buy in india and there are some manufacturing uh, companies that are doing that so could you tell us about how you got started um with the business and and your own manufacturing yeah that's an interesting one because um, yeah when you talk about india and menstruation the first thing that comes to your mind is like okay it's a taboo topic it's something not to be talked about in open and uh, it has to be a hush hush thing so um, so basically to start with we plan to set up a manufacturing unit uh, at one of my uh, you know like my native village in jamnagar district with a clear intention of like you know creating employment for the local women in that village and now that this village particularly which i'm talking about has scanty rainfall so it is a one crop land and people there uh, are you know unemployed most of the year so in 2017 uh, we kind of rented few small rooms near a local primary school in that small village and uh, got the basic machines and raw material to give you know give it a kick start however the major problem was that if i tell the village women that we are going to make a sanitary pad um they wouldn't turn up you know they because obviously the deep rooted taboos and embarrassment that is attached to the topic so what instead what we did was we uh, told the village women that we are going to make some textile material baby clothes uh, you know um, something like that and which uh, we shall provide you a paid training for a month on the basic stitching uh, you know training and all and then hire them for long term and we had around 15 women who started coming regularly for the training with the help of a local tailor we taught them the basic stitching and overlocking and all so after a one uh, one month training program they got paid for that training 
um i had already created a good rapport with them so it was the time that i have i was supposed to tell them that what the actual work is like so i personally interacted with them on mhm issues financial independence sustainable menstrual products you know introduced them uh, about you know to the unipads kit or the reusable cloth sanitary pads and then told them that this is what i'm planning to manufacture here in this factory so to my surprise most of the girls agreed to come for work major reason obviously because 8 to 10000 uh, rupees is a huge deal for them as a steady monthly salary you know so that is when uh, you know when we started with 10 girls in few small rooms is now at this stage a big manufacturing shed employing more than 35 local village women that's amazing and i i, I I love your the way that you approach this. I mean, clearly there's a lot of cultural um underpinnings there that you know you're you know you knew that if you approached them and said right we're going to we're going to manufacture sanitary pads then they would not be keen to participate. Yeah. True. But and then and then you know getting them getting the skills um getting their skills um honed in and and practiced and as such. And then I I love how you you talked about really the issues pertaining to, you know, menstrual hygiene and as such and kind of, you know, and then the financial independence and then, you know, sort of coupling that all together because it's it's you know, oftentimes I think most of the time we 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 run out the door with a big mission and a vision and we go straight to the to the end um and we go yay and then everyone runs you know no that's not possible or i don't want to be involved or what have you and you've really um i i like the way that you strategized and the way that you presented you. the information and also got them upskilled and created a community so um i think it's a very interesting business model and way to 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 have con- um, conversations I, i love it So, thank you well done <laughs> yeah well done so <laughs> yeah. I, i wonder if yeah really very interesting and also of course that element that you went back to your ancestral village so this is yeah. you know this is uh, your family and you you're familiar with these people and their language and as such true so, um yeah so i wonder if if you can expand on how actually it works how like uh, you know what what are you manufacturing you're creating kits or you know what are you doing and how are you distributing um uh, the pads yeah sure so uh, firstly let me just talk about the product so uh, when i say uh, unipads uh, reusable cloth sanitary pads one unipads kit consists of four washable or you can say reusable cloth sanitary pads uh, and a leak proof pouch to carry it the use pad back home if you're traveling so out of these four pads in one kit three are our regular size maxi pads and one is a super maxi which we say excel for heavy flow days or the nighttime use and these pads are made of soft fabric with good absorbent layer and uh, it has a leak proof layer at the bottom so it also has snap buttons to secure the pad on the underwear so very easy uh, to wash and dry as well uh, the fact that these pad last for one whole year itself makes it affordable compared to any conventional disposable pads available in the market so basically these pads are uh, you know uh, you can say skin friendly uh, you know environmental friendly and pocket friendly all three qualities in it so uh, that is how the kit looks like so that one kit is uh, uh, four pads and one leak proof pouch to carry the use pad back home 
So now coming to the distribution. Um, uh, so once we started the manufacturing, you know, uh, in the village, the question, the big question was, how do we sell it? You know, how do we distribute it? And uh, uh, we all know that, you know, the traditional or the conventional retail channels are uh, having so many intermediaries of wholesalers and retailers commission. It will surely make any product very expensive. And um, hence our target market who we really want to, uh, you know, uh, give the benefit to that is the rural and semi-urban uh, population will never be able to afford that. You know, if I go through the uh, traditional retail channel. And that's when we decided, you know, uh, it was a tough call, but yeah, we decided to, uh, you know, go through a direct selling model that is through the women agents whom we fondly call Kalyanis. So Kalyanis uh, in Hindi means one who is blissful, blessed or does good deeds, you know. So we started to identify women from different villages in different districts of Gujarat, the state, uh, train them on MHM sales, handhold them through the whole process. They are not just our sales partner, you know. They obviously earn uh, uh, a commission on per kit basis, but they are our knowledge partners too. They they are our advocates, you know, to uh, menstrual hygiene management uh, practices, the right practices. So currently, we have seventy plus Kalyanis in different villages of Gujarat state, who makes a decent decent earning and acts as our well, you know, uh, advocate for sustainable menstrual hygiene management practices. That I I, I love this <clears throat> that you're you know you're engaging them, um, you're you're skilling them up. Obviously, I mean they do need some skilling up on how to speak about the product, yeah. and as you said, some sales you know the sales process and as such in creating this financial independence for them. Yeah. Um. I'm I, I'm you know, so it's how do you say it is Kalyani? Yeah, it is Kalyani. Kalyani, Kalyani. How did I'm just curious how you come up, came up with that um, that name? Did, was that a, was that an easy one to find or no? It was very it difficult. It was very difficult. There were many Hindi words. So it has to be you know in a local language that everybody understands because if we plan to go pan India, it has to be Hindi because that's our national language, right? So uh, it is a Sanskrit word basically. Uh, uh, you know, it is derived from a Sanskrit word. So Kalyani, uh, we we had quite a lot of name, but they were kind of already used by few. NGOs here and there but then yes uh, finally we zeroed it down to Kalyani because it had a very nice meaning and it made sense to us mm-hmm. I like that that's very nice yeah, yeah. And, and then it mean and of course it has a meaning to the the, the women and and uh, people on the ground now uh, you mentioned um, just want to ask you another question about um, you know you've got 70 Kalyanis in different villages in Gujarat so um, that's that's a lot um, I can you just give us a an idea of the size is this you know how how far away from the manufacturing place um, do these 70 women reside so uh, these 70 women are scattered across the state of Gujarat so Gujarat has around say more than 30 uh, districts uh, each district will have like say you know hundreds of villages so there are more, t- more than 16,000 villages in Gujarat okay so okay. these 70 Kalyanis are in a, a part of Gujarat, few districts. So they are quite far. They are like scattered in Gujarat itself. So in different districts again. So they are like more than 300, 400 kilometers away from each other. Oh, okay. So quite a distance. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's good for us. To, yeah. For people that aren't familiar with, um, with India and the States, yeah. then it, yeah, it's good. It's quite good to get that perspective. Um, also, could you comment, uh, what's the average age of, of the Kalyanis? Yeah. So Kalyanis, uh, you know, the youngest Kalyani would be anywhere uh, around 20, 22 years of age. And the eldest Kalyani I know is a grandmom as well, you know, like 50 plus because, uh, they have, uh, you know, in their village, they are well known. Uh, they uh, people look up to her, and she wants to do something that is noticeable and good for the society, and she wants to give back to the society. So yeah, we have, uh, but yeah, majorly the women uh, ranges from twenty five to thirty five. Okay, and how do they how do they find out about you? How do they? Uh, is it by word of mouth? Uh, how would they yeah. find out if they wanted to be a? Yeah, sort so of, uh, it is yeah. basically uh, so uh, when I when we thought about you know making women agent network, so the first thing that came to my mind is like it's not going to happen like you know you call an HR agency and tell them we want uh, you know Kalyanis from villages. That's not how it happens here because they won't have you know, a database for such women working in the villages. And uh, most of my Kalyanis are housewives who have never, ever worked, you know. So, um, you know, uh, it was difficult. So for I, what we decided was like, okay, I have an agriculture background. I have so many relatives across different villages in Gujarat. And why don't I approach them? So I kind of approached my cousins, my relatives in different villages and kind of explained them this uh, concept, gave them, obviously, initially, we gave out more than 300, 400 kids to friends and family and relatives to get the feedback for the product. We got the you know amazing feedback. We did the pilot, we got amazing uh, reviews. And that's when we, we uh, you know, kind of approached them and they said, yeah, a few of them said, yeah, we want to try it, why not? And that's how we started with like, say five to eight Kalyanis from our uh, relatives and nearby villages. And then by word of mouth within a year, we had 70 plus Kalyanis. Hmm. And I'm sure that, I mean, that's a great story. And again, you're just the way the, the model that you approach it is, is, you know, it's very, very different. I like how you said, you know, you can't just go to HR and say, yeah. oh, no, I need, I, I need women. Um, you know, so it's a, a totally different model. Um, but the model fits the needs yeah. um, of the local community. Yeah. And you clearly, you know, well understand um, all of the, 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 the culture and, and the way to, to, to work within the community, um, which makes it very different than when companies try to sell into a company a country when they're overseas you know they don't understand the local needs and as such. so um yeah so um so yeah i know you do the kali you know work through the network of kalyanis um but i, I also um you and i have spoken before and you shared with me that there are sort of three distinct channels yeah. that you are now um distributing uh uni pads and still being manufactured by and actually we should say they're being manufactured by women, yeah, yeah. right? So in the factory, yeah. So in the manufacturing site. Yeah. So could you share with us um, the the three channels yeah. um, that you're working in this distribution um, besides the company? Sure, sure. So basically, uh, as I told you, you know, uh, the first channel, the three out of the three channels that we distribute, the first channel, as I mentioned, is the direct selling model through the Kalyanis. Uh, that obviously requires a lot of effort because it will have its own, you know, um, organic pace at which it grows. 
the other channel that we uh, are working you know the business has to be sustainable right so uh, because kalyani model is going to take time we are focusing on the developing and expanding the model but beside that we are also doing b2b so business to business sales wherein um, you know bigger organizations working in women hygiene products buy our products in bulk to further sell it in their countries you know so uh, that is what we do and uh, the third is we do a lot of collaborations with uh, many local and global ngos and big corporates for csr activities so these big corporates global charities and ngos across the globe we have had amazing collaborations uh, you know who has similar vision to fight the period poverty so uh, wherein uh, the you know we are their local partners here in india to spread the awareness on mhm in form of events campaigns and distribution of the unipad kits so these products actually what happens is it needs a lot of communication this is not a conventional regular disposable pads which uh, you know the big corporates have advertisement for and it is self explanatory these product requires uh, you know a lot of communication and that's why we use a lot of interactive personal sessions planned sessions wash and care instructions brochure and leaflets in local languages and other study material has to go along with the distribution so that's how we uh, distribute Mhm yeah well that makes sense and just for our listeners I'll just say that you you mentioned uh, big corporations and for CSR activities that would be corporate social responsibility yes. um yeah so um so that that's very interesting and uh, what uh, is interesting is that you've got various channels that you're partnering with so you've got the Kalyani you've got the B2B um business to business um uh, working with NGOs and and then working with companies so it's a very diverse um um network of distribution so yeah very very interesting i'm the more more i learn about this the more interesting <laughs> and more exciting it gets it's it's just different models you know different ways of of, of approaching um you know uh, getting getting a a product out to yeah market. yeah so, a lot of time um, people used to say is it even possible and uh, you know we used to doubt ourselves there were point you know you know there were point in times wherein um, you doubt yourself whether i'm going on a right direction but then when you get amazing feedback and then the result shows for itself and then it's a uh, you know happier moments <laughs> Yeah, well of course and I think you know with anything there's always going to be people that tell you you can't yeah. do it but uh, clearly you know you have a vision and I know you've you you know you've got support of your family and 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 as such yeah. so you know it 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 um you know it's a you know it's always good to dismiss I mean it's good to listen to people that um have input that maybe are as negative because maybe there's some value in listening to that uh but clearly you guys uh you know you've got some vi- a vision and uh, it's working so. yeah absolutely <laughs> it did something yes. right so so um so i would curious to know sort of about the i've got two questions yeah. for you um the one is sort of about the capacity because right now you've got one factory yeah. so i'm curious to know like how many kits you can yeah. make and then then maybe coupled with that uh, what are your future plans do you have future plans for expansion yeah. uh you know beyond gujarat or another yeah. factory so uh, basically we uh, have so far uh, given livelihood opportunities to you know 102 plus women in rural and semi urban locations uh 
we have this is our company's capacity what i'm talking about we have already uh, uh, you know reached out to more than 25000 plus adolescent girls in school and colleges with free mhm awareness sessions and campaigns and our product has already reached to 4 lakh plus customers the end users so when we talk about the capacity at our current manufacturing shed we have a capacity of producing uh, 2000 kits per day that is almost 8000 pads per day so which is uh, sufficient enough right now for whatever requirement we have and uh, on that note i can also say that even if there is a bigger requirement later and we want to expand the capacity it is very much possible because we keep on training more number of women from the same village so that we can employ them at any point of time when we want and uh, you know expand the capacity as we want so and the space is not an issue because we do have uh, enough space where we can expand the shed as well so that's uh, and having a centralized manufacturing unit has been a bigger benefit for us because we can have a quality control over the pads you know because uh, uh, quality is at most important for us um so that's one thing uh when we talk about say future plans like uh, yeah well there is a lot of things to be done actually but we are currently prioritizing our focus on structuring developing and expanding our uh, uh, you know current kalyani model uh, which can easily be replicable pan india you know so currently we are focusing on gujarat stage wherein we can you know expand and develop the uh, network we are also planning to add few more women hygiene products in the kalyani's basket uh which in turn will increase their earnings because what happens is uh, currently my kalyanis if they are selling only unipad kits uh, the unipad kit once sold to one customer that customer will not going to come back to her for at least a year because that you know unipads is going to last for a year so then to you know give it a feasible kind of a income and uh, you know uh, and interaction with her existing customer we need to kind of increase her basket size with the products so we are looking forward to uh, you know introducing more women hygiene products maybe in house manufacturing or uh, you know in private label or white white uh, label which will uh, you know help the kalyanis to earn more yeah and uh, looking forward to a lot of collaborations with uh, uh, organizations and global ngos having similar vision of creating livelihood and supporting sustainable you know uh, women hygiene products for the un- underprivileged in india mm. yeah <clears throat> well well it seems like uh, from what you've shared a lot of uh, Uh, even greater potential than what you've already had. I mean, producing eight thousand pounds—excuse me, eight thousand yes. pads per day—is astonishing. Yeah. That's a how many? How many women are actually working in the factory? Yeah, so we have thirty-five uh, women working currently, but we can expand it. So if there is uh, a need, uh, we can always have more than forty, forty-five women uh, easily working at the current space given the shed size. Yeah. Mm. yeah great and uh i guess i i uh, the fact that you you uh, there were one year the products last so that's a very valid point that you know they're not going to see people you know the women yeah. for a whole year um yeah but that you know it's it, i i guess my only thing i'd say there is make sure you never skimp on the quality and make sure that it lasts for that year i you know so many products i buy you know they last for a really long time and then somehow the the companies decide well i'm not selling enough um because my quality is so good so we'll make an 
inferior product and uh, then they'll have to buy yeah, more. Yeah, that's, so. that's <laughs> so not uh, happening for us. No, not at all. I don't. Yeah, good. Yeah, and that doesn't sound like it, but I like the diversification yeah. and being able to, because what you're talking about really is, is you know, very much, you know, empowering these women and, and giving them their financial freedom. And so, yeah, by increasing their basket. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, question about, um, you said at the beginning, you said in a few moments ago that you've, um, uh, that you have um, sp- spent time with about 25,000 yes. adolescents. Um, and awareness sessions are you going out and doing that or are the Kalyanis like how to because that's a lot of a lot of um, young people that you're yeah. reaching out to so how do you actually it's do uh, started with uh, me and my team doing it so yes 25,000 is uh, just me and my team uh, traveling across uh, different villages interior villages of Gujarat and uh, yeah the Kalyanis I would say still not uh, you know um trained to take um, awareness campaigns. So yeah, there are few Kalyanis whom we see the potential and we can be, you know, we can train them to go out in their nearby villages and take the awareness campaigns, but not all Kalyanis do that currently. But yeah, it is personally me and my team who travels uh, extensively to these different villages. It's only during COVID that we have stopped. But otherwise, yes, pre-COVID, we were always on a go. So uh, it was just like my team would just call the schools and colleges and different government schools uh, in the villages and take an appointment for the primary and secondary schools to allow us to just go and interact with them just about menstrual hygiene management. I, it, there have been instances, funny instances, wherein the principal would say, no, no, we do not, you know, kind of uh, promote any sales here uh, of your products. I was like, we, are not, we don't want to do that. It is just that we want to talk to the mm-hmm. girls, make them want to open up about the topic that they feel embarrassed of. And we don't take our standees with us. We don't take any banners with us. It's just an open conversation with a basket of products that are available in the market for menstrual uh, menstrual hygiene. So that will have a tampon, it will have a pad, it will have a, a you know menstrual cup and a cloth pad. And we don't take, uh, you know, we don't promote Unipads as such, but it is just for the girls to know that these products are available in the market and how they should be taking an informed decision about their own health. So that is something that we wanted to kind of uh, interact with them and tell them about. So, yeah. Mm. Well, how would they normally get that, that information? How would they receive that information about what's available? Would that be passed down from their, their mother or from school? It's, how it's, would a, that it's a very sorry state, Rasi, here, because uh, when you talk about uh, menstrual hygiene management in India, Uh, The schools will always, you know, um, the biology chapter wherein we talk about reproductive system is always skipped, directly asked in your exam and girls don't know what to write there. So the teacher never opens up in the school about these topics. So uh, and the first person that, the you know, girl, when she starts with a period, first of all, the girls don't know what periods are when they have their first period. So more than 75% of the girls are completely unaware what periods are when they start with their first menses. The first person that they go to is their moms. And the moms, again, more than 70% of the moms, these are the research, okay, the facts, the figures are very, very research-based, that more than 70% of the Indian moms consider menstruation as dirty. 
and that's why when the daughter comes to her saying that something has happened with me the first thing instead of comforting her and telling her the right knowledge what to use how to use and giving her the choices the first thing she'll say like okay now you're not supposed to go to the kitchen you're not supposed to go to the temple so there are restrictions now you are big girl skip the school or stop the school or so a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, in in fact the girls find it very negative about the the first impression about periods is negative among them and that's something i hate so because periods are supposed to be mm. personally i feel that it's supposed to be enjoyed because that's a god's gift that you can deliver a human being because of that right so they don't get any yeah. knowledge it's yeah. just that few initiatives from amazing ngo works in the grassroots levels that there are volunteers who go and interact with them and that's how they get the right knowledge and nowadays it's also because of uh, the good aspect about the social media and the uh, you know internet is what the girls are uh, getting the information from otherwise it was very bad initially Hmm. Yeah, well, and I would imagine, I mean, it's just perpetuates. It's what the, you know, the, the girl's mom tells them that their grandma yeah. told them and, and so forth yeah. and so on. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, and, and it's embedded, you know, cultural beliefs and, uh, and as such. So, um, so I love this this idea of education and partnering with NGOs and really, you know, just talking about menstrual hygiene in itself and the importance of it. So, and the choices, as you said, empowers them to to make the right choice. So Kina, I wonder if you could share with us a few of the challenges that you faced in setting up Unipads. Uh, You did share a few um, just a few moments ago, but I wonder if you could expand on some of those challenges that you faced and um, and maybe how you've um, how you're planning to overcome them. Um, yeah, sure, Darcy. There were actually indeed a lot of challenges that we faced. But uh, when you talk about, say, menstruation, particularly in a country like India, uh, I think the biggest challenge is the lack of awareness and uh, the uh, lack of, uh, you know, openness about this topic. Uh, there's nobody to, you know, willing to talk about menstruation openly. It's such a taboo topic especially in the rural and semi-urban where our target customers are. So that's one of the biggest hindrance, you know, to make them talk about uh, the taboo topic openly, to, uh, you know, start the communication, start the conversation. It it did kind of, uh, you know, hit us that it's not that easy. So one of them is that. And, uh, yeah, uh, if I talk about other challenges, um, you know, in India, uh, uh, if I talk about, say, what the ancestors or our great grandmothers used to use during their uh, period cycles it was only cloth and uh, you know the government over the period has uh, you know proved or kind of uh, you know citing the health hazards that a cloth can have on you they started to propagate and promote use of disposable pads even the companies producing it started advertising in a way that cloth is not good for your health and you know only disposable pads are the better option for your health so over the few decades like like 3 4 decades they have convinced the uh, you know people here that uh, you know you should be shifting from the cloth to the disposable pads and now kind of it gets difficult for us to kind of take a u turn for them and tell them to go back to the roots you know 
so it it is difficult because uh, now when we tell them now cloth is good and it is healthier for your body and environment and they'll be like what are you serious so uh, yeah that is another hindrance that i feel because uh, you know cloth is being perceived as unhygienic method in india for especially for the younger generation uh, surprisingly we have not seen that with the older generation especially in the remote and rural area because uh you know they cannot afford uh, disposable pads and hence they have been using cloth and looking at a improved version of cloth which is a reusable sanitary pad uh they have a very high acceptability of the product so that is a different case but otherwise overall uh yeah this is an hindrance because taking them back to the roots and the traditional method of using cloth who research says that it is better for your health and it is affordable and developing nations like ours should be going for such a choice so yeah uh, it is difficult to convince them and lastly i think uh, you know uh, there's a lot of uh, you know lot of work that has still to be done in the this particular hygiene sector especially when it comes to women because uh, uh, people don't know that such a product even exist in the market uh, hardly uh, 5 10% of the people would be knowing that uh, there is something called cloth pads more than 90% don't even know that such a product is there so it is going to take a long time and uh, you know a lot of efforts to get the awareness uh, you know done in the sector so lack of awareness is one thing for sure for the product mm yeah i mean so very much centered around education yes absolutely like. yes yeah very much yeah, yeah this is also whether the developing country i think it's also developed countries that also face this you know uh, you know the ease of these kinds of products um you know it it makes it easier it's disposable you can just toss it away and forget about it and you know there's you know all kinds of commercials and products that are pushed you know to us um for for hygiene purposes um but actually i i do see a lot of change in um in developed developed countries sort of pushing for for reusable products also you know similar to reusable diapers and as well as you know cups and 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 reusable pads so um so i think it's a it's a global a global challenge i totally agree um, yeah yeah global challenge for women um uh, and that education process and uh but you know i think with time it, and and to all your very valid points about it being hygienic um a very um good solution it's also um it it doesn't cost very much um and of course it's good for the environment uh, all of those kinds of things hopefully particularly in the case of the semi urban areas i'm hoping that that will sort of starting to get them to think a little bit differently about that yes. so um yes totally yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing um all about UniPads and your journey. I I'm really inspired and I'm I'm sure our listeners are um uh, about how you um you know, you faced an issue and really took it head on and and saw this as a broader challenge within your community and clearly within your state and within, you know, your whole country that you're you're going to begin to tackle. Um so I'm just really inspired by you and thank you so much for um joining us but before i let you go yeah. i have to ask you one last question yeah. um that i ask uh, almost all the women that join is um i wonder if you could share some advice 
um, on to for other women that are considering doing something in their local communities. And it might not be as large of a, of a uh, endeavor such as yours. Um, but you know, what what would you advice would you give to someone that's hey, I got an idea, I think I can contribute to my community? What would you give um, um, as far as advice? Oh, well, uh, frankly, telling you, uh, I am not still in a position where I can advise other women. But yes, from my experience, what I think is that, uh, you know, if uh, there is uh, somebody who has, uh, you know, seen there is a gap or some problem in the community and they think that they do have a potential solution idea for that, they should please go for it, you know, at least try their hand on it and try it out to see how it works. And for that, obviously, when you run it as a business, first and foremost is to have, you know, do an extensive research, uh, you know, that really helps backed by the numbers and everything. So an extensive research, a pilot will really, really help. And, you know, uh, and that will really be, a, you know, good thing to do at the beginning. And uh, one last advice that I would want to give is that, uh, you know, this doesn't happen overnight, you know, you have to be very patient. And it is absolutely not a single person's job. You need uh, people, you need people whom you can trust. You need people who believe in your cause and a team who has a similar vision like yours. So yes, uh, you need, uh, you need good people in your team. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I, I would actually say that you are in a perfect position to be giving some <laughs> advice. And that was very clear and very sound advice. Um, you know, surround yourself with a, you know, a team of like-minded people. And um, certainly I, the one thing that you said, and I'll just reiterate, is about you know, having statistics and having information and having data, because that very much has informed uh, many of your decisions yeah. through this process. True. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where your marketing background comes into play. Huh? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Gita, for joining us and for sharing your journey as well as Unipads. Um, I would like to highlight, as I haven't mentioned in the yet on this podcast, is that Unipads um, certainly touches on many of the sustainable development goals, and I'll highlight them. Um, SDG 3, which is good health and well-being. SDG 4, quality education. SDG 5, gender equality. 8, decent work and economic growth. 12, responsible consumption. And the underpinning one for all of them is SDG 17, which is partnerships for the goals. So um, I think you've touched on quite a few and probably a few more. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much, Darcy, for having me over. It's been a wonderful experience and I'm really, really obliged and privileged to be with you here. No, thank you. And I, I say, you know, keep up the great work and love to check in with you in the next year uh, to see how things are going and, how, and the growth of Unipads as you, um, you know, expand uh, into other um, rural um, villages and neighborhoods and as such. So thank you very much. Um, and I'd like to also thank our listeners for tuning in to the Women 17 podcast, Conversations with Global Women Changing the World, One Sustainable Development Goal at a Time. We welcome your feedback from today's podcast and wish you a happy, safe, and productive day.